0: Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts, or go to FailYourWay.com for more info. Now back to the show. Welcome to the after party. It's time to change. You're just getting started. You can teach an old dog new ways, and not just on Saturday. Hi, it's Anna David here with After Party Pod. Hey guys, I hope you're great. Oh, I've been getting some really, really nice emails. I'm so grateful for them. Uh, I don't want to, you know, talk too specifically about any of you. By the way, welcome. Welcome if you're new. You really may be new to the podcast just because I have a guest that I know is incredibly popular and you probably followed him here. So you have no idea who I am or why you're listening. But this is a podcast about addiction and recovery and mental health. And uh, it means the world to me when people email me telling me that they are either they started listening before they got sober, they keep listening uh, as if they're struggling. And that's what this is all about. Now you will notice that My guest today is not an alcoholic or addict. No, he's not. Because we decided to do something that I'd like to do more of, which is to say, let's have people on who are just going to talk about their drug and alcohol experiences and not um, have experiences that almost killed them and that made them need to change their lives. Um, So this is the first like that, and there will be many more, I hope. This one is so fun. It was, it's Kevin Pereira, you guys. Kevin um, was the co-host of Attack of the Show with Olivia Munn. And that was a show that I was on for three years, which is how I know him. And he is probably the sweetest, nicest guy I have ever known. He's also uh, Wunderkind. Wonder kid. That's, uh, that's what you call somebody who started when he was eight working in technology, he talks all about that, Um, and started hosting TV shows uh, or or radio shows, early podcasts at the age of 14, and started as a PA at G4 and then, you know, obviously ended up as the co-host. Now he has his own media empire. Uh, It is over, uh, it's sorry. It's called, he has a podcast that I was on recently that it was so sweet of him to have me on. He hosts the pointless podcast on, uh, the death squad podcast network. Oh no, that's how it started. Now he's doing it on his own at supercreative.tv. TV. Super creative does a lot of other things besides that podcast. Go to the website to check it out. Now, as I said, um, oh right now he's starring uh he's hosting true TVs hack my life, and that started in september and it's awesome and he's doing a billion other things he, he's a wunderkind, as I said um yeah, and so we the reason this happened is that when I went on his podcast, which I think we recorded a, a month ago he we were sort of joking about him coming on this one. And I said, "Ah, oh, you know, you're not an alcoholic or addict. And he said, well, I'd love to talk about my experiences. And it was really, really interesting because, um, look, I can't diagnose people. But he just, no matter what he's saying about, oh, I got concerned about this. And, oh, I had to cut down about this. The guy doesn't sound remotely like an addict to me, but it's totally irresponsible for me to say that because this is all self-diagnosed. Anyway, he has not diagnosed himself. He just, we just talked about all of it. And it, um, it's a fascinating conversation, which I completely loved. So I'm going to stop rambling and I'm going to give you Kevin Pereira. I first started taking drugs by chewing blocks of hash. Oh my God. I think my copy has like blood stains on it from shooting up while reading it.
1: Hardy animal i hate to say that because that makes me sound paris hilton i was on the as right. i call it the autobahn to nowhere
0: i'm very lucky because would you have wanted to have a celebrity junkie for a dad just how cash just how ca-
1: okay so am i which one am i it doesn't matter which one i'm on does it no it doesn't i just want to know which meter's mine check great
0: you're my wow. tech guy today how do you feel about that
1: um well i'm then i have concerns if i'm gonna be honest if, if you're deputizing me as your head of tech i have a couple concerns about the setup in front of us
0: i will tell you something but i love I have, that you
1: got redundancy
0: well you know what better safe than sorry as they say
1: totally agree this is the way to play
0: and listeners know i've had some trouble without mm-hmm. you here as my tech support okay. i've had some trouble with audio okay so why not which is record? very
1: important <laughs> When that's the only medium you have to deliver agree. your message, I would
0: agree. You know,
1: but agree. listen, there's no, and I want people to know how raw and real this is. Exactly, we have no headphones. I have no idea how loud my voice is right now. I don't know if I'm bleeding into your mic.
0: I know you're what so much more official than I am. I, but I have a sound guy who fixes everything.
1: Oh, see, if you have a sound wizard, yeah, a sound intern, is he paid?
0: Oh, he's paid. Oh wow, he's I got to get great, me one of them. Though. He's so he's so great. That he well, he 's a millennial,
1: oh so I'm sorry no,
0: no, no, not that kind of millennial he 's the kind <laughs> he 's the kind that came in here to help me with this recorder that was misbehaving uh-huh. and said, "You know what you need? You need a podcasting table why don 't I make you one
1: Is that what this is no oh I was like, is this this, this reclaimed uh, TV dinner?" folding chair like <laughs> this was on flea market flip i got it this
0: is five dollars it's uh, i
1: love it i love it he's making a podcasting table
0: yes because it has like space to put the mics in what
1: a what a doll
0: you might need this in your what a doll space. you don't need this i
1: just went through I'm, I'm building out a new space i just had to buy new arms and new mics and new this and new everything because it's time to do it right
0: i hear you i hear you i'm working towards that but a podcasting table is getting it close to
1: right. i don't have a dedicated table for podcasting so you'll be exactly. one-upping me you know, uh, and you've already you, got the redundancy dame gown. There there's two recorders here. This is very nice. I'm seated. This is I this is Yaksford. It's the most comfortable chair I've ever been in my life with gold leaf. I'm resting my arms. This is like something Kanye would sit in. Uh, you offered me a bevy of hot teas when I arrived. Choices. And uh, and and being on the forty fifth floor of a high rise in downtown LA, which is insane. Congratulations thank on all the success. You. Thank, the thank you. The view is so amazing, I'm having trouble concentrating. So
0: You know, I will have you know that that chair you're sitting on is actually kind of amazing. The real one, not the Kanye chair. Oh, okay, it,
1: not the I one mean, that I paint. We could paint whatever picture I for know, the listeners. I
0: know. Okay, it's so, so tell me about the chair that I'm actually. Well, on. I don't have that much to tell you about it. It is, <laughs> it is from a flea market. But if you look at it, it's really cool. It's
1: really cool. This looks like if this were upside down, this would uh, hold carts at a Whole Foods, like a little okay. hand cart.
0: I don't think that's a good description. That's right.
1: not. Oh, what about golf balls at a driving range? It
0: is really cool. I mean, there's some style to that. This
1: this chair has more history and character than I do. And like me. this this chair has seen some things. Yeah. not just asses this thing yeah. has been through a war I think the south <laughs> seceded she, this chair yeah, at some point so
0: you're calling it an antique
1: yeah, absolutely it's, okay. a, it's vintage
0: it appreciates and shabby
1: that. chic
0: yes right yes so okay I'm so glad that we have talked endlessly about things that no one can see
1: this is a great podcast thank you so much for having me and I drop the mic and what
0: No, so, but like as, okay, first of all, I loved going on your podcast recently. Loved
1: having you, thank you.
0: I was so grateful you asked me, and it was so fun because as discussed, and I don't know, I feel like people, your people follow you everywhere, so I don't want to be too redundant for them that are listening to this for the first time because Mm -hmm. you're on it. So I don't want to rehash too much, but I want to rehash a little Let's bit.
1: Reha- Let's hash it up and hash it out. Assume that like, I get 8% engagement of my followers and I have 12. So I wouldn't worry about retreading.
0: Can I tell you, when you retweeted our podcast, mm. I literally, I think I went up a 1,000 followers. Hey,
1: that's that's a thing.
0: I mean, the power you have.
1: <sighs> I don't even, I'm drunk with it right now. I can tell. And alcohol. Okay. But, but those which, two things combined.
0: Which is great because what a good segue. And so this is exciting too. I mean, we'll, I want to do catch up in a second, but sure. since you did say drink, I did. Say. I, I thought it was just a good time to transition because what this is—the reason this is great—is that you, I don't care what you say, are not an addict or an alcoholic. You have, dr- you know. Done I, your share of drinking.
1: I have done my share of everything. And, and now I have, I have found out how hot the flame is. I have grabbed the candle and been burnt and gone, okay, this is what I can do. And this is the amount with which I can do it before it degrades my health or my career.
0: Well, okay. And I guess I just, and I, it ne- I know that this is ludicrous because people who drink heavily or have any sort of issues or thoughts about it don't look any one way. Mm-hmm. But it never really computes in my head when you talk about it um,
1: about using substances. Yes, really.
0: Yes, and you know, back in the day when we were when we would sort of have like and like we said in your podcast, we didn't have a ton of interaction on Attack mm-hmm. of the Show because i I did that segment with Olivia. Sure. You did everything else with Olivia. right. and you and I you were in in your pants four times. if that If
1: that yeah, if that.
0: Like, I think we started out... I remember there was one with you, Zach... Olivia yeah.
1: yeah 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 that was a f- what a four-headed hydra that's not that's not safe for TV that didn't work out we <laughs>
0: did it once <laughs> you know once Look, was we enough. tried
1: a lot of things we piloted on air daily
0: yeah <laughs> that yeah. was like to you
1: but we didn't get to interact much because the, that show as we alluded to uh, in the other cast was it's a storm yeah and your segment is the eye of the storm for three and a half minutes right and then you don't have time to think about your exit strategy you're swept up in the next thing that's swirling around so
0: well, yes for you for sure. sure. Me, I would ship in once a month. Right. Do my <laughs> in a cargo
1: container. In we a cargo. would unpack it, remove was, all the peanuts was, from you. <laughs> I was
0: in these chairs, which is weird. <laughs> um, That's right,
1: these vintage FedEx shipping chairs. Yes,
0: yes. Um but I would come in and literally we would do my month segments in maybe 15 minutes. That's right. Like we got it down to like Olivia didn't have the time really. Mm-hmm. And so it would literally we'd do It was great for me. I'm doing a month's worth of work in 15 minutes.
1: And go change your top and let's get back out. And here's a new necklace and back out. And here's another set of fake questions from our producers (laughs) and answer those and good day. I think
0: we (laughs) did get a real question now. No, we
1: totally did. But uh, a lot of the times the recordings were so low light or so just not good for tv that we would have to or they'd be like a forum text thing and we would have a producer recreate it on camera but we definitely got a ton of legitimate questions
0: i mean it's a ton overstating things
1: no, not at all. Okay, not at all. I think
0: I, I was in the dark about. Oh no, no, no! A ton 15 is fifteen minutes. Was yeah, not.
1: no, a ton is is relative. But considering the amount of attention that our show had, we had quite a bit of interest in that segment. I mean, that segment yeah. lasted forever. We there were some segments that we got through half of the segment on air and we're like, well, we're never doing that again. Let's not even finish it, you know. And the the, the any sort of sex question stuff did always did well for you
0: us. You know, there's something about that that's appealing to people. I don't know why.
1: Because everybody either has it or wants to have it.
0: Yeah, it's it's as they say a sexy topic. Yeah, it was. I did it for three years, and then I think it continued till the end with drunk Uncle Ted. Drunk Uncle Ted. That's right. Um, you know, but that that was a great run. And and as we talked about, like I just went in for one day, had a meltdown because it took too long, and then suddenly they were like, "Yeah, I'll do this." But your path was mm-hmm. even more like unpredictable. Sure. But so let's talk about you being – we're going to get back to drinking. Don't worry.
1: Okay, yeah. You I felt bad because I feel like I, I... –
0: Avoided in every way? No. no. Did I?
1: No. Oh, I was like, did I push the train off the tracks and try to distract from something? I'm happy to talk about the drink or we're the gonna lack thereof. We're going to get to it. Okay. We're going to get to it. But right. I
0: want anyone who for some reason doesn't know about your career tra- trajectory to sure. know.
1: I assume most don't. I was uh, a computer nerd at a very young age. I ran a bulletin board system when I was eight years old.
0: Eight years old? Yeah, yeah. What does that mean, you ran a bulletin board system
1: So before the series of tubes that we know as the internet Mm -hmm. was really popular and really around, and there was all this interconnectivity, people ran bulletin boards. So imagine literally a cork board at a guitar center, you know, Mm -hmm. or at a coffee shop where people post a message or post a picture or whatever. Mm -hmm. It was like that, but digital. So you dial into somebody's computer one at a time because it was through the phone line and you would connect and you would have 20 minutes or 10 minutes to post a message, to read a message, to play a game, to uh, download something, a file, an image, a a song, whatever. And it was like everybody ran their own individual bulletin board. So you it's like think of them they're like offline websites basically. <laughs> so if you wanted to connect to my computer, you would dial my house using your computer directly.
0: Dial your phone number. your Correct. Home you phone
1: would have number. your modem call out to my modem. Okay. There would be a loud screeching robotic yeah, handshaking. I those. Yep, yep. Like two, like a Roomba having sex with Robocop. Right. Very <laughs> very screechy robot noises, and then you were connected to my machine, and you would you would log in. You'd have your own little login, and mm-hmm. you could. Leave messages, you could post things, you could play games with the other people who were dialing in, but it was only one user at a time with that phone line. So someone else would try to dial in, they would get a busy signal until your session was done or you logged out, then someone could log in. It's all a roundabout way of saying I was really into communication and connectivity and computers at a super young age. So I
0: mean question. Sure. Was how how long after that was there our dial up and our, you know, our own couldn't have been that much longer. I
1: mean like the American online sort yeah. of put in the scene? Yeah. That was some of that was happening simultaneously towards okay. the end of the 80s, and then early to mid-90s, it really caught on, and bulletin boards pretty much died out. right. Because right. it was like, well, why do I want to waste time trying to connect to one thing when I could connect to something that's got everybody, the entire world on it, versus this one little computer in some guy's garage in the East Bay? Right. So AOL and the dial-up internet providers took over, bulletin boards died out. But it was a really fascinating, awesome time where you were connecting usually to people around you because right. you were avoiding long-distance calls. Right. So there was a sense of community. And because there was such a barrier to entry, you had to figure out how to make a computer, which was this unwieldy, refrigerator-sized demon. Right. You, you know, You had to figure out how to get it to talk through a crappy phone line to somebody else's computer. The barrier to entry was high, so it was typically really interesting, smart, motivated people connecting with other interesting, smart, motivated people on a very local level. Yeah. So there were meetups, there were games, there was all sorts of stuff. And me as like this 8 to 10-year-old kid when I thrived, I was an absolute nobody in the physical realm. Right. But online, I had my bulletin board. I but was a systems were, operator.
0: They were not 8 year. Were you the youngest?
1: Uh, by far in the yeah. town. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there were some other, other youth, but I would go to like the local meetup at the pizzeria... And my parents would take me after yeah. I begged and explained that there's nothing weird and Chris Hansen's not going to show up. No right. one's going to try to, like, you know, <laughs> diddle me. And I'd be in the pizzeria and people would go up and, like, try to say hello to my father thinking he is right. immortal, the systems operator. So cute. It was really cute. And it was really accepting and a great way to learn and, like, and, and get comeuppance. And that's what I did. That's where I, 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 I got my chops running a bulletin board.
0: And so then what happened next?
1: Then I transitioned that into helping run an internet provider, mm-hmm. which gave me gobs of bandwidth at a time in the mid-90s where if you wanted to host audio like this or video, it was really expensive and really difficult. But I had access to that, so I launched an online radio show and video show to take advantage of all this extra bandwidth when I wasn't working. And
0: How old were you then?
1: probably 14, mm-hmm. 15 or mm-hmm. so. Yeah. When I really like took hold of it and mm-hmm. grew the subscribers at the time. There weren't there wasn't a podcast, it wasn't a pod. It was right. just it was really wonky, but had a lot of hits, made a couple bucks doing it, was like, well, this is interesting. I never thought about talking for a living or right. creating video for a living. And years later, a guy who was a a fan and who was aware that I was doing that when at such a young age became one of the founding partners of G4 this upstart television network about video games and technology and he called me up and said what are you doing and at the time i said i'm 18 and i hate northern california and he said come on down to la you get to be a pa and i right. didn't know what that was
0: so he said yes but
1: i came on down yeah. yeah yeah packed everything and moved over the course of three days
0: oh my god yeah
1: took the big chance
0: and where in northern california are you from again
1: east bay a little town called antioch
0: oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. there's a university there Uh, Different
1: Antioch University. Antioch University, I think that's on the East Coast. Yeah, Yeah. but everybody thinks it's so prestigious because they hear Antioch. It's either that or a Monty Python reference. But really, it was a small uh, commuter town connected to the Delta, which I think parts of the Delta have the reputation for being the crank capital of North America because of all the little channels that people smuggle their drugs through.
0: Bit of trivia for the listeners, you know.
1: I was also just planting a seed in case you wanted to get back to drug talk. Yeah, I thought to that crack. might be well,
0: no, and I appreciate that. Wherever I appreciate you want to go, it. I'm gonna do like lily pad jumping from okay. like drinking to like crack capital. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. Okay, um, but but first we're getting you to L.A. You're only 18. Yeah, in
1: this story. 18
0: so, in L.A. So you move to some part of L.A. You yeah, get Koreatown. Your Koreatown, kind of trendy now. Sure, but not then. Not then. Not then. It would no. leapfrog
1: over. You know cadavers and cockroaches to make my way to a boba tea joint.
0: And were parents going, what the fuck? Yeah.
1: Yeah, they were. They had no, no idea what was going on. They were. My mom was mortified that I wasn't going to get my speech credit for my community college class that they made me enroll in. And <laughs> I was just like, nothing. I wanted nothing to do with college. I was tired of school. I said, anything's got to be better than this. So right. So moved to LA, became a production assistant, and...
0: And was G four over on the west side where it was when I started?
1: Yeah, it was pretty Olympic. close to that. Yeah, yeah. It was
0: pretty who close was that. the person who, who was your fan that got you there? No, I, someone I wouldn't know, or someone uh,
1: No, there? he was gone. I think before most of the transitions happened, and like mm-hmm. Attack of the Show was nowhere in the picture. That was like right. five years later. But it was a guy named Scott Rubin who, mm-hmm. again, he was he found early success in his like mid twenties, streaming audio and video on the web out of New York. And then he, he vouched for me. You know, yeah. He totally gave me a shot and was like, this is the guy. So I came with, in a suit with a reel and two resumes. So cute. One, the business resume, like totally formal. And then the other, my gaming and tech resume to show mm-hmm. the consoles. I gr- Way overkill for a production assistant. Right. Usually it's just like, can, do you have a car? Right. Do you not smoke too much pot? Right. You know, can we trust you with the key to the building right. temporarily? Right. But I came correct and got the gig and was, you know, real, I killed myself to to show appreciation for him and to make the best I could of this opportunity.
0: Were you, And you were really thrilled to be a PA.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I didn't know what that mean. I didn't care.
0: But you learned quickly. Were you still thrilled?
1: Oh, uh, that wore off, I think, about a year in. And not because... I mean, to be clear, when I was a PA, I was writing host copy. I was gathering the show reel. I was pitching topics. I was, I mean, which was great. I'm not complaining about the, the, um, the access that I got. It was my college. It was my boot camp. I got to learn how to do so much, but I was only being paid as a PA, and I was doing four jobs, including about halfway into that first year, they gave me a shot of hosting right. on air. Yep. So I'm now rolling into a studio, hosting three shows next to an American Gladiator, and a rapper uh i would leave that studio go back do all my pa duties and i didn't get a single dime extra
0: well talk about something that paid off happily without money that
1: happily and was happy to do it had a smile on my face despite a nervous breakdown phone call to my mom after my first shoot where i'm like i'm moving home and i hate this and i hate tv and i'm uh." despite that loved it but you know after six months, a year of that, I was like, "Hey guys, I'm actually doing a decent job at this hosting thing, right? And I'm not, e- I'm not even getting credit for it. Can we work on that a little bit?" And so it did, it did ultimately pay off. But there were a few months of feeling really underappreciated and undervalued.
0: And then, and then, when did you transition into? I'm not a PA; I'm just a host.
1: Yeah, uh, about yeah, about a year after there, I said, "Hey guys, I'm doing all this stuff. Can I get a better job title and you know a slight pay bump? You don't have to pay me to be a host, but." Something. Yeah. So I became an associate producer on a news show called Pulse, mm-hmm. and that was an insane period of my life because I got to travel the entire world, covering video game stories. I got to go to the great. I played games on the Great Wall of China. At this the age of, like, 21. Was your dream? I, no, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have ever dreamed that big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My dreams are really boring. Yeah. I'm naked somewhere, there's maybe a dragon, someone laughs at me, <gasps> and I cry, and I wake up. Like, that's, like, that's the loftiest dream I've had in a long while. This was otherworldly. I mean, I was living out of a suitcase for a while, which was awesome at that age. Yeah. Traveling the world, meeting all, every walk of life you could imagine, going to Japan, going to China, like, just cutting my teeth in a great, great way and yeah and i did a pretty good job of it i kept my nose and eyes and head above water and then years later made the case for becoming a supervising producer of a thing and then eventually an executive producer and then you know getting to call my own shots within that network but it took me almost uh you know seven years to get to that point and then i hung in there for another four or five years so it was quite quite a run i did
0: not know you were there
1: that long i was there for uh yeah over a decade a little over a decade. Oh
0: my God. And so, since I would love to weave in, so were you drinking? You were here, you were eighteen, going you know, twenty, oh, going my all first, over the world.
1: My first Corona light experience was when I was like, I think nineteen years old at the company Christmas party, drinking uh-huh. underage, making out with a girl from the human resources department.
0: Interesting. Yeah,
1: real bad, real bad move. I remember poking the then uh president of the network in the chest I'd never been drunk before so I remember poking him in the chest and slurringly telling him that I'm the future of your company and I just want you to know <laughs> it real ballsy I mean he would have been well within his reason to let me go that night before yet, I could get into a cab yeah and yet it he uh, was
0: charmed by it he or he worked. overlooked it because you were so good
1: I think he brushed it off as we'll see kid and yeah. we're still friends to this day and I, I consider him a mentor he's awesome um,
0: was he still around when I was there probably not
1: no, I think you, when you started, I think Neil tiles was the mm-hmm. president. Yeah, mm-hmm. this was the guy right before him. This mm-hmm. was Charles Hershorn, the founder mm-hmm. of the network. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I had to precariously balance really coming of age, mm-hmm. living away from home for the first time, living away from a girlfriend, having no friends mm-hmm. and working myself sometimes six 30 in the morning till 10 30 at night for mm-hmm. an entire week straight mm-hmm. to get all the work done. Plus the extra stuff. And then trying to figure out, what are, what are these drugs that people are talking about and taking all around me? What is this? A oh, booze. Well, what does that do? What happens if I drink this whole handle of Jim Beam? How awesome does my night get? Oh, I end up in a shopping cart and asleep until 3 a.m. Did That's that really dangerous. Did that happen to you? Yeah, absolutely. I had to figure it out because I couldn't burn too bright. I was, too, I was very focused on the opportunity in, the, in my job. I yeah. took great pride and responsibility. Um, but I had to, again, do the tightrope. I think the worst that it got was, I think I've told this story, No, I don't know if I've told this story publicly, but it was during a Halo launch in New York, mm-hmm. the night before, I was offered mushrooms by a bunch of people in a downtown LA loft, which I took, and mm-hmm. had a very, very bad trip. The, the, I thought City Hall was a robot about to kill us, and then, I mean, it's comical now, but I, w- I thought it was a robot, and it was coming for us. And then the world outside of the loft that we were in had crumbled and melted away. And I didn't know how to tell the other guys, you know, which was really that was a lot of pressure on me. So that manifested in itself in me just crying for 20 straight minutes uh, and then having my internal monologue come out external to the point where I'm like, why are you looking at me right now? Why are you looking at me like I'm talking to you? Full on flip my fucking mind. Right. Can While I curse crying? Sorry? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Crying. Uh, sad, sad, angry, laugh. I mean, the emotional spectrum was washing through me. And in their infinite wisdom, oh, Kevin's having a bad experience. Let's give him a bunch of ecstasy, which he's never had before, Mm -hmm. and that will make him happy. Right? Except I don't remember four or five hours of the experience after that. I just remember coming to at around four in the morning. There's like three people left. I literally can't retain a sentence. Like people are speaking and I'm seeing words coming out of their mouth. Mm-hmm. But I have to, my head is jerking from side to side because I'm trying to read the mm-hmm. rest of the sentence mm-hmm. as it scrolls by like a prompter.
0: You're seeing it as words written. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
1: synesthesia. Okay. Uh, the, my brain was fried. Wires were crossed. And I'm seeing this happen all the while I know I've got to be on a plane at 8 a.m.
0: That part's true.
1: That part is true. Okay. I have to get to the airport and get on a plane. Yeah. So this manifests itself as me... Going from terminal to terminal, swiping credit cards into kiosks because they weren't all unified at the time. Yeah. Hoping a ticket spits out, which thankfully one did. I got on a plane. Yeah, thankfully, ran into my producer before I got on said plane. Right, uh, he was in recovery. Right, he recognized right away that maybe I had had a rough night the night before. He's like, "What happened? Tell me everything." I was so ashamed and scared. I had never been, been this unprofessional ever. Right. This was a real new low for me. Right, uh, and uh, he was very comforting. We land in New York. He's like, "Okay, so let's get your bag." I'm like, "Bag." He's like, dude, it's snowing out. There's, they're launching Halo tomorrow. You got to be, or tonight, rather. It was that night. He's like, you got to be in the middle of Times Square. You're wearing a t-shirt and jeans. You didn't bring a bag? I didn't know. I was lucky. To, yeah. I, I bare, lucky barely sense. got, hey, guys, I need someone to bring you to an airport out before right. vomiting again. <laughs> like, it was miserable. So that whole day was me in a shower in a fetal position with warm water, yeah. like, going over me. Like, green, vomiting. You know he went out he tried to buy me some layers he was very kind yeah. but it was just me shivering that night as i'm trying to interview folks from microsoft about this new frant mill no, this first person shooter it's great i think it was halo 2 or something
0: oh my god
1: hopefully paints a picture of how it's it's very precarious to come of age yes on camera yes with no real knowledge or no mentorship or stewardship of what drugs and alcohol, what they can do to you and how they can do it to you and experimenting while still trying to keep that shit together. You know,
0: do you think because you spent a lot of your youth doing the computer stuff when other kids were learning that you were not?
1: Yeah, um, there's definitely a facet to that, Mm -hmm. you know, because people in Antioch, uh, there wasn't anything to do. There really wasn't, you know, and I was in a I was in a couple bands And so when we go gig out, I would see a bunch of other folks like smoking pot or, you know, trying, I think a couple tried cocaine or whatever. And I would see that and I'm like, no, I'm here to play the music. I don't want to affect my performance and play the music, you know, and then I go back home. And I know that when I'm at home and they're at home, they're thinking, well, I got nothing to do. I'll smoke this pot. But for me, I was like, I got everything to do. I've got chat rooms I can be in. I've got videos that I can cut. I've got games that I can play. So I sort of was able to make my own fun and make my sort of escape, if you will.
0: But your so your bandmates did they talk about like drugs? Were you not even not
1: really? They knew not to offer it to me. I mean, to be fair, uh, some some of these guys are the greatest, kindest guys in the world. But I knew they didn't have a lot going on. Yeah, you know, I knew that they could they couldn't hold down a job at a part time pizzeria. I knew that they you know hated their parents. I knew that they got into a lot of trouble. I knew they weren't getting good grades. I didn't need to go, oh, well, what are they doing? I'll have that. Everything right. else seems to be going well. I just right. knew I loved hanging out with them and, and playing good music with them. Right. What we thought was good music at the time. You know.
0: Any recordings still around?
1: There's a handful. Nice. There's a handful. I wouldn't ever wish that upon anybody.
0: <laughs> Maybe I'll find them and post them with this episode. That
1: would, that would be a huge waste of your time. Deep but by web. all means... I bet they deep, deep, deep. They're code. real deep cuts. Real deep cuts.
0: Um, now okay, so, question. Yeah. So, mushrooms, I... I don't hear that many people having really scary experiences on mushrooms. Oh, really? I don't hear about it. And I'm sure mm. it happens.
1: Yeah, I think it's, I mean, I, look, I've had, I've, Probably done them four or five times in my life. I, don't, I won't ever do them again. I know that much. And I had one of the greatest nights of my life ever on them. Like, I've never felt more connected. I understood the way the world works, mm-hmm. I saw other dimensions. I was a great artist. I'm not a good draw. I was sketching some stuff that made a lot of other influenced people go, that's a thing. Uh, greatest night ever on it. But I've also had some of the most terrifying, destructive, scary, holy shit, is my brain going to be able to bounce back from this mm-hmm. kind of nights of my mm-hmm. life on it? And so I tell anybody, you know, if, if if you're curious, learn about it first. Set and setting is the most important thing. Make sure you have seasoned sitters and whatnot around. But for me personally, I'll never do them again. Yeah. Never do them again. And I feel very fortunate that I... Did take a modicum of responsibility whenever I tried anything to make sure that I was in a safe, protected place with people that had experience
0: so smart
1: you have to be yeah, you have to be, and if i didn 't have the gig, you know if i didn 't have the job i don 't know that I would have dabbled in such a methodical right. responsible way. I like to think that I would have yeah, but i don 't know i don 't know There was always that thing in the back of my head like no matter what you do it 's Friday night, and no matter what hell you decide to get into. Monday is coming, right? you know, and you got to focus on Sunday about Monday. So you have fun, go learn, go, go play with friends, but Monday is coming. And I, that I think kept me pretty grounded through the whole thing.
0: It's interesting because, you know, I I think addicts just don't even think that way Mm. in general. It's just sort of like, well, yeah, yeah, no, I got that job. (laughs) Um, but, but I can't even imagine being able to prioritize it. I mean, Mm when i was doing it i cannot imagine yeah um
1: i re- i was telling last we we chatted what mid-january early january
0: no i think it was last year
1: was it no, in december
0: january now ish
1: oh, oh my god well yeah it was last year trust me my brain is functioning fine yeah. after all of my experimentation yeah. that's right it wasn't Dece- okay because i was telling you like i was thinking about taking pills and partying again mm-hmm. and it was like i don't i should probably be past that i should probably be done with that and i literally had to schedule out okay this is the date that I can do it. Right. I'm going to have three or four days after with no work, no meetings, hold everything off. And then I'm probably going to be a little shitty on Tuesday through Thursday. Okay, so I'll have a slight ramp. I had to schedule my life for a week and change around this one really fun four hours on a Friday night. And you did it? And I did it recently. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and it was great. And the ramp back in has been pretty okay. But I think I, think I do need to be done with it. Mm -hmm. I think I have to be because here I like the cost benefit analysis. Mm -hmm. If you're looking at the pros and cons and the the scales of justice, right? Are deciding this thing. I loaded up a week and a half of recovery and prep and, you know, everything around four hours.
0: Did you need all that time and prep?
1: I think so. Can I I ask what
0: it was? Like, what were you, opiates?
1: Uh, No, it was, it was ecstasy. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. So you recently were like. I need to, you know, I'm going to plan this. And yeah,
1: I'm going to blow off some steam. It's going to be Friday night. I'm going to take some pills. I'm going to party. It's going to be great. i got laser light toys. I've got every blinky thing and remote robot cat ears you can get off Amazon. I'm like, this is going to be a wild, super fun, intimate evening. Great. And it
0: was. And you were at home.
1: Yeah, I was at home. Not a club atmosphere. Right, Nobody right. was stepping on dubs or... Right. Yeah.
0: And you, and then, so... What was the... So are you just destroyed the next day, in the next two days? No, I'm
1: okay. I was able to, like, go out and get, like, groceries and stuff and, you know, right. r- the stuff that I forgot to get because I was very pre planny Right. But, you know, the person who indulged with me was pretty much wiped out for three days. Just wow. exhausted on a couch yeah. and just kind of laid up. I, I bounced back physically much quicker. But I know, like... There were three or four days there where I was a little depressed. I mean, yeah. h- how could you not chemically be? You released every ounce of serotonin you have right. to the point where your body says, hey, stop producing it.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's
1: how you have such a great time? Well, yeah, I was a little shitty there. And and if to be completely candid, I think it got in the way of our relationship because I organized around her very well hey Mm -hmm. let me hydrate you let me get you good food clean food we'll watch some netflix whatever and i gave those three days of complete Mm -hmm. nurture and attention but then when it was time for me to get back Mm -hmm. and get back to business Mm -hmm. and get back to whatever my life is it was sort of like well hey where's the where's the organizing around me and it was like oh she's just now getting back up on her feet right so you combine that sort of lack of attention or selfish desire to have someone organize around you with a lack of serotonin, and suddenly it lowers the quality of your relationship quite a bit. Yeah. You take quite a hit.
0: But then, four days later, isn't it or you're still well, I'm on day three so let's see what push.
1: happens tomorrow you're like three? <laughs> no you said four days later I mean okay. it's, it's still pretty fresh but no I mean I, I recognize this obviously and I've communicated it Right. probably not well enough probably not as well as I just communicated yeah, it to it's you amazing. but just there's play this. but there's no stakes here Yeah. I mean you know what I mean like there's yeah. no yeah. The, 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 I, I there's no
0: yeah you can say it however you want yeah
1: i am giving you one side of the coin and then right. that's the coin <laughs> right. so right. I, you know it's it has been tough and then you start to wonder like well maybe this is truly how you feel about things about yourself uh, about yeah. a relation about everything maybe uh, this is really how you feel uh, so do you give it more time or do you act on these impulse like,
0: i mean that's describing depression so well oh, because yeah. you know the greatest sign of depression is you don't realize you're depressed mm-hmm. and for me i know when i am in it and like quitting drugs like doesn't mean you don't get in it <laughs>
1: right you know no, you're not on drugs anymore you're not depressed right you're great uh, you're fine
0: i really believe that my first you year don't have sobriety, swings i really thought that really Yeah, the pink cloud, they call it. But, you know, when I'm in it, it doesn't matter how many times it's passed. I'm utterly convinced this is it. It's just the way things are now. Really? Yeah, and then the thought comes in. Well, it's like what you were saying. Sure. You know, the thought comes in, you know, every time you felt like this, it's passed. Well, this time it's different. You know, so you don't do that. You're aware of the fact that it's... Y- like yes serotonin.
1: yeah i mean it's tough to say because uh, again admittedly i'm still kind of in that fog of war right you know i'm still in it a little bit and i i have faith and confidence that everything will return mother nature will right its wrongs and right. all, all good will be restored to the kingdom right. but you know like right. i don't know
0: well but if you are depressed right now
1: Sure. This is you? No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, let me, uh, I'm, I think I'm far from depressed right now. I'm actually super motivated and happy about like certain professional things that are going on. But I think that the, you know, if there's an ounce of personal turmoil or conflict, now I have to go, okay, how long has it been since I had this serotonin blowout? And is that spilling over into here? And then the other layer of the mind fuck is, but you're so happy and motivated professionally. If you can right. feel that happy and that motivated with what's going on in your life professionally, why couldn't you feel that personally?
0: Oh my God, it's such compartment compartmentalization. Is that what's
1: going on here? Is well, that what's I happening? Do,
0: men can do this. Men yeah. can, I mean, I women re- can too, but men can so easily. I've been
1: told I'm really good at that by ex girlfriends. <laughs> you know,
0: what you just said is yeah. amazing because, like, I do. I think a lot of people, de- if it's they're depressed. It's coloring everything across
1: it's, the board. Yeah, it's yeah. like,
0: oh god, I'm doing the wrong career and my boyfriend is this and it's just sort of there's just dark clouds. It's not like dark cloud over one thing and sunny day over another. <laughs>
1: right. Okay. It's so interesting. Yeah, it's I'm really walled off. I think I'm really walled off, you know, that I'm, I'm able to really clearly separate. Yeah. I've always oh, you know what? I always have been. Much to the probably the detriment of people that have been in my life, both professionally and personally i've been really and maybe to the the, the great benefit maybe too I yeah. think it, it 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 goes both ways but i'm really I've always been really good about going like this is personal, this is not personal at all mm-hmm. I feel one way about the way this work thing is going, but that has nothing to do with my relationship with somebody else but uh, yeah I'm really good at cutting those two things off. The problem is that I get very i can be Myopically focused on a thing Mm -hmm. and I have no problem announcing my new priorities right you know so I can go listen to to anybody not just to a girlfriend to family to Mm -hmm. to good friends I can go I love you to death and I know you know that right of course you do great I'm focused on work right now right and that's my number one and that's all I'm giving it it's all work and when work's not happening I'm recouping and then I'm right back in it
0: so just no balance basically Mm,
1: yeah I'm really bad at that
0: are you yeah I'm
1: really bad at that
0: but it seems like you have such a well-rounded life to the observer,
1: Yeah. From social media. I don't, tweet, no. I don't tweet the just got in another marathon argument session over a Netflix queue. Hashtag blessed, you know, like
0: right. <laughs> you don't right.
1: share that. You know, there, there's, uh, I'm also being, I guess i hyperbolically yeah. hard on myself right now. I, I, there are definitely times where I go, I'm working here. I announce that. And then in three weeks I've got a vacation planned right. or in three months I'm doing whatever, but it's, Even in that scenario, it's always one end of the spectrum. It's either, look, I'm full-on working, and then I'm shifting that knob, and we're going right in full relaxation, and then I'm right back into full work. It's always pinging.
0: I know, but is that so wrong?
1: I don't think it is. Yeah. But they always do.
0: (laughs) I think it sounds... I think it makes... It's very efficient. I mean, you are so young, and you have done so much, and who's to say that that isn't the secret to your success.
1: Sure. You know? Who's to say it's not holding me back as well, too, that I might Possibly. not be a lot further along. I don't know. I, I, I always feel like even when I throw myself against the wall with work or with anything else, there's a, there's a, a percentage of it that is motivated by being able to better the personal side of things. Right. Always. Right. right. Yeah. Always. Yeah. But, you know, if you're the person on the receiving end of someone suddenly flipping that switch and deciding to go march in that direction, and you're not good about doing that yourself, right. then it's just you you abandon me. You're not organizing around me. Right. You're not meeting my needs. And for what? Because you're over there doing a work. I don't care about that work thing.
0: Right. Right. And so you have a new show on. Yeah. So are you taping every week?
1: Uh, I, wa- I was in New York for like three and a half months taping it. Okay. Away from all of this. Away from my company, my girlfriend, my family, friends, everything. So I was out there for three months, and then now it's just like pickups and stuff.
0: And to talk about that show a little bit.
1: Uh, it's called Hack My Life. Mm-hmm. It's a show about life hacks. Mm-hmm. Familiar with life hacks? I am. So that's it's a half hour where we explore which ones work, which ones don't, which should you try, which ones are bullshit.
0: And so I, I actually remember um on... Attack of the show when I was co hosting with Chris Hardwick, mm-hmm. we had the Life Hacker woman on. Oh, yeah? Yeah.
1: From the blog Life Hacker? From yeah. the blog okay, Life Hacker.
0: Yeah. And I, I remember going, just like I did at G4 all the time, what's the Life Hack?
1: <laughs> right, right. You
0: know, God, yeah. Um, so, okay. So the show, what network is it on?
1: It's on True TV.
0: True TV. And your co host, mm-hmm. Brooke, mm-hmm. just to swing it back to me. Yeah. I did a book called True Tales of Lust and Love, an anthology based on the storytelling show, which was then made into a, like a, a, why am I forgetting? A YouTube series that never sold Mm. that a production company did, and she was in it. Oh, that's awesome. So we we never met because they shot it in New York when I was here.
1: You should, she's hilarious.
0: Hilarious.
1: Great stand-up. Great girl. You should absolutely meet with her if you can. I know.
0: I know. I mean, I feel bad because she did this thing and it didn't get picked up. She's in it and I'm not. It's like the craziest thing. It's based on my book and she's not in my book. The whole thing was super random. Somebody told me how funny she was and we got her in it.
1: I absolve you of feeling bad about that though because 99% of the stuff never gets picked up and goes anywhere. So I think that's all right.
0: But so this show did...
1: The show did get picked up. Yeah, we we went we did a test together. It was like her first time hosting, and Mm -hmm. we went through a test, and people liked it, so they picked it up for ten episodes, and the ratings have been great. That's amazing. Season two will probably happen if we can find more ways to like, you know, keep your chips fresh or uh, iron your clothes a little bit easier. Yeah,
0: is each episode its own hack, or you do many, many,
1: many, many, many hacks? Like it'll bounce from you know how to you know you can throw ice cubes in a dryer to steam your shirts. Kind of a cool hack, right? To using a pool noodle to keep your boots upright or prevent dings on your car door. Like random stuff. It's always so weird when an episode airs because then my timeline on Facebook and Twitter is just people going like, I'm going to buy more shaving cream now so I can stop my bathroom mirror from fogging. It's like people going like, oh, pool noodles are awesome. By any other stretch, if these tweets came into your life, you'd be like, oh, people are bipolar. This is... (laughs) So I have my fans I'm are insane. schizophrenic, yeah. yeah. But yeah. no, it's like oh, they're discovering these life hacks and liking them.
0: But it's weird because all the episodes are done, and you're, you're probably not watching it and knowing. Yeah, I'm a,
1: I try to watch and live tweet when I can, but it's uh-huh. you know it is rant, like on a Thursday I'll get a tweet, you know, like right. uh, you know, oh, uh, Doritos are flammable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. They are. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, you're catching up on a thing right, that we did that three I weeks ago. A long time yeah, ago. Yeah, that we shot six months ago. Got yeah, it. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah.
0: And so. And so, when, when is it on? It's...
1: It's on Tuesday nights. Tuesday nights. Have we, are we done? Are we already at the plug portion of the no, podcast? No,
0: we plug throughout.
1: Oh, okay. Because I was worried. I was like, no, oh, no, no, I, no. I feel like I haven't... D- no, no,
0: no, no, no. Okay. I, there's, you can tell this is a very organized show. Tuesday nights. Yeah. True TV. Yeah.
1: At 10.30. Okay. Okay. So, okay. check your local listings. Blah, 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 blah. Hack my life.
0: Is this your first big TV thing since Attack?
1: No, I hosted a... Um, I hosted a game show called Let's Ask America. Uh-huh. I hosted that. Um, well, I sold a show to Sci-Fi and then hosted it. Okay, um, and that was a train wreck. And then, uh, then I did a, a syndicated game show. So we would tape 170 episodes. Oh my god! In the course of like a month and a half.
0: Oh my god! We would do like
1: seven to eight a day.
0: So let's of this just say that show. was one of the era, the parts of your life where you were compartmentalizing in a major
1: <sighs> oh, way. Oh, to the point where, like, by the end of it, my body has collapsed. Yeah, and you know that who, who I was. It's funny. I had one girlfriend for season one and then... She's like, I'm done. And then another girlfriend for season two. I think it was unrelated. But yeah, but both were just like... They both got like, oh, you're going into this mode. You're done. yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, okay, but so... Back to, I want to go back to this like ecstasy, this shroom ecstasy combo. Uh, sure, night sure. That you pulled through that to so in New York, were you able to like, I know you were shivering and shaking. <laughs> Barely hold it together. on, once they were shooting, were you able to kind of, you know, go into yeah, that alternate that, mode?
1: Yeah, to, to probably to great detriment to my overall health. That's always been my mutant power yeah is that when the red light is on, even if I'm like I, I hosted a five-hour E3 special while on a steroid shot, a vitamin B shot, and on, like, um, antibiotics for a lung infection. Because I worried myself so sick about right. the shoot and everything else right. that I just stressed my body. It would collapse, and then I would power through. Right. And so much to great my own physical detriment. Yeah. I would, when that red light was on, man.
0: Yeah. Woo! Yeah.
1: I didn't take a day off of hosting, I think, until I was, like, three years into attack of the show. So it was, like, every day I'm there. Red yeah. light is on. I'm, I'm selling it. Here we go.
0: Yeah, I think I won't. Yeah, I think that people can do that. I mean, if you can't do it, you don't get hired anymore.
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, you miss one big one. Yeah. You're you're done. So.
0: But so okay. So let's. So then after that, you said, "Oh my God, I cannot do mushrooms." And yeah. You, you did them three more times or whatever in your life. Sure. And so and so then what what was your, you know, next move? Well, otherwise? I learned
1: I learned to to sort of. Be more responsible about mm-hmm. usage of things, mm-hmm. clearly. And so that gave me the, you know, oh, look, I, I did X, literally and figuratively, and then the next day I had to do Y. Right. That was bad. So right. let's adjust the next time. right? And so I think it was, it was probably taking ecstasy by itself. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, I read up on the, uh, the way it affects your body. Uh, the chemical makeup of it, the mm-hmm. blood-brain barrier pathway, the half-life of residual in your system. Like, I had all the knowledge, the pre- and post-load routine of taking magnesium to stop the jawing and the, the, the L-tyrosine for what like, full-on nerd mode, mm-hmm. dabbled into everything. I was like, okay, now I feel confident that I can do this much of this thing on this night and be great mm-hmm. for, like, a Monday. And so it was a Simply Jeff concert at the Larchmont, mm-hmm. and I took half a pill, and mm-hmm. I remember dancing my ass off and playing apples to apples until about three in the morning. What is that? It's like a card game. It's like for kindergartners. But when you're that fucked up, it's the best game ever. And oh my God, I'm getting to know you so well. Is it okay that I'm touching your shoulder? (laughs) Oh my God, you can touch mine too. Oh my God, our shoulders feel amazing. Let's just breathe. Um, It was one of those (laughs) nights. (laughs) Uh, And then I think... Uh, shortly thereafter, someone cut up a line on my kitchen counter in Santa Monica, California was like, have you tried this shit? Really? Yeah. And the answer was no, but, but hold on, could. let me give it a quick Google. <laughs>
0: Shut up. You were like Googled cocaine? Yeah.
1: Arrowhead okay. experience vaults. So I'm like, let's see what, what the onset is and how long it's supposed to laugh. What are the, the dangers to look out for? What's the mixing that I'm not supposed to do? All right, sure. Let me go clean off my countertop.
0: So you did a line
1: uh yeah i think i ended up doing two for my first time it was like two yeah two and then probably four minutes after i did like four well, that's more the thing. Yeah. yeah and then woo! Just
0: the two. Yeah, yeah yeah
1: yeah i was off and running and i woke i remember waking up the next day feeling like a million dollars which that's not supposed to happen right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i woke up the next day i was like it was animated bluebirds landing on my toothbrush like it was a fucking <laughs> disney movie i was so happy i called my girlfriend we were long distance at the time she was in Carolina. i called her and i told her i was like Sweetheart, I had the most amazing night last night. So I tried cocaine and and I just I could hear right. her soul hit the ground right. on the other end. And in my head I'm like, I just had the greatest night ever yeah. talking about myself.
0: Right. You know,
1: <laughs> with a room full of other people talking about themselves. Right. We all loved each other with yeah. super high energy. It's amazing. Right. And now here I am. I'm trying to share my great experience with you. Why do you not support me? Right. You know, this is ridiculous. I'm not gonna let you ruin my good day. I'll talk to you later when you had a chance to calm down about the fact that I just snorted cocaine. Good day. Yeah. You know, and then had a great day. And it's like, well, this is clearly, I can see why people do this Mm -hmm. every weekend. Mm -hmm. Hell, I can see why some people do this every day. I mean, this Mm -hmm. was amazing. And I feel a million bucks. So it was like two weekends later. Let's try this again. I think I told you, boy, that was diminishing returns. The second time was like, well, that wasn't as good as the first time. But it was still a pretty okay night. Maybe yeah. it's just different stuff. I'll try that one more time. Yeah, third time. Ooh, that wasn't that good at all. I woke up the next day feeling sore, tired. It was a restless sleep.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well maybe it was maybe it was still different stuff. You know what? I'm, I'm going to try one more time, one more time, and I'm just going to do like four times as much, just in case. Mm-hmm. let's let's set the stakes here. And so I remember I threw like a blowout party in my tiny little one-bedroom Santa Monica apartment. Mm-hmm. The entire night was organized. Around doing cocaine. Of
0: course. Which... Doesn't seem weird to me at all. No,
1: but it blew my mind at the time. Like, looking back, I'm like, I only was like, who, who wants to do this with me? Who's going to be de- game? Who's going to... And I bought... I couldn't afford, really afford it at the time, but I bought hundreds of dollars worth of stuff which Mm -hmm. was a big investment at the time yeah you know a
0: lot of cocaine yeah
1: well i was supplying for everybody i'm a gracious host you know there was vitamin there was pedialyte and vitamin waters in the fridge and all the cocaine (laughs) all the moochers could ask for right and i remember distinctly after doing a bit in my bedroom i was on the little shelf i'm in the living room area the other room Mm -hmm. uh guitar hero is being played Mm -hmm. the first one we're rocking out and then i just remember like slowly inching my way back in line to get back to the cocaine. Yeah. And it was just like a line, a waiting, it was like a receiving line of 15 people snaking through the room. Nobody's, ha- nobody's partying. No one's really having, I mean, there's loud noises and chatter. No one's really having a great time. No. We're just penguins. We're lemmings in line waiting for our turn at the dresser right. because by the time we get back, we know we have to wait in line because there's so many people. So just go
0: right back Let's in just line.
1: get right back in line for the ride, right? I
0: invited too many people. That's I clearly hard. had Super.
1: too many people. I probably should have had three more mirrors. I only had yeah. one going. Live, you know, live and learn. Process priority. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was, it was the worst night ever it was the absolute worst night ever i mean i was like i felt so empty i looked around at people that are some are still my friends mm-hmm. but i was like in this moment i don't feel like we are friends mm-hmm. i feel like this is this you' i'm being used even mm-hmm. though i offered this yeah. you know yeah. like really weird waves of emotions and i felt like shit for like three days after mm-hmm. so thankfully my body or my brain my whatever said no you can't <laughs> you can't sustain
0: was that the last time you did it
1: yeah that was it
0: I mean, that's the thing is I, we talked about this on your podcast, but I do think that the difference between, you know, the addict who's going to do cocaine addictively and Mm -hmm. the non is yes, diminishing returns, but that fourth time just inspires a fifth and a sixth and you know, really convincing yourself it's going to be different. But I also will say, I probably had a year or two, I don't want to exaggerate. I'm going to say I had at least 30 times. That were great before it started to so get oh, really? what you're talking about as yeah. bad. I think memory is very faulty around this kind of thing.
1: Sure, sure. And I'm sure there's somebody right now going like you fucking liar. I did it like ten times with you. You know, like, right, <laughs> like right. I because I don't even especially on nights where substances are involved, I don't yeah. I feel like I know I didn't do it more than five times. Right. The number's like four or five. But yeah, I, I very clearly remember because I think that first time was was so awesome. Mm-hmm and pro- probably half because it was a first time and mm-hmm. it's new and it's taboo and it's mm-hmm. what and i'm so, like it's it's a sexy drug to do despite the fact that there's a nasal drip and all that like The movies have really made it look fucking sexy, you know, and, and, and it had a price point that meant like usually successful or attractive people, at least in my circle, the, the, those were the ones that were doing it. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for me, it was like, Oh yeah, I want to, I, I don't mind being associated with everything that this thing has going for it. And that first night was so amazing that I'm so glad it was that good. And the next day I woke up feeling like I was, you know, the the $10 million man Mm -hmm. because the second time really wasn't that bad in hindsight. But it just it was wasn't notable, as good.
0: the difference. That's it. You know, and the thing you say about the next day, you know, with cocaine, it was always the day after the day after. Like, I, you know, not that you're still high. Sure. But it was weird that it would skip a day as opposed to alcohol or <laughs> even ecstasy.
1: Exos- or or ecstasy, exos- like where it's like about. three or four days later. Yeah. 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 It's
0: just, it's just interesting. But evil drug. Evil, evil drug. Terrible. Yeah. Absolutely
1: terrible. And, uh, you know, I don't, anybody that I know that does it or has done it, I don't think like. With weed, look, some people have weed addictions, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Some people use it as a crutch, they're codependent, whatever. I, I really feel at this point in my life that I've mastered that usage to the point where I'm like once every two weeks, mm-hmm. maybe three weeks, mm-hmm. or I want once a day for a week. I don't, I don't feel like it has a grip on me. I'm very good about choosing when I do it. I have not heard a case of cocaine usage where it manages to stay like sort of moderate and in check. And maybe that person exists somewhere. Maybe you know them. I don't know them.
0: I don't. I mean, maybe for a while. Sure. I think people, that's one phase. Yeah. That's high school and college. But
1: where's the Willie Nelson of cocaine?
0: I'll tell you, though. I do know of people anecdotally, like, famous, successful people who seem to be who seem to do coke, and it's like there's this sort of joke in recovery. Yeah, I was doing some some you know social crack smoking. Like they're really, <laughs> they're really like it's a ama- Like how do you do hard drugs socially right. for year after year?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, no, I don't know. I'd like even the musicians, where you'll hear again anecdotally of like, oh, they were shooting
0: heroin. Yeah, and they
1: were doing they were doing it you know once a week or they. Were, I mean, who knows how right. well, how often they used it? But then they stopped or whatever. I go well, cool, but again, I don't know the I don't know the the Snoop Dogg of cocaine. Maybe right, he exists. Right, right. Maybe they've, you know, they have that longevity. You know, Willie Nelson's still smoking at his concerts in front. Of, Jimmy Buffett, awesome, man. You, yeah. Because weed, I could get how it's some fatty opioids that burn off in your blood and you're fine after a day or whatever. You know, it's like there's really not the long-term burn. But cocaine? Depend I don't know. Can
0: me the long-term. I mean, here's my opinion on pot is before the age of 25 when your brain is not fully formed, it can be incredibly dangerous. Oh, sure. Sure. After that point, you know, I think that it's case by case. It does seem like a lot of people are fine smoking right. it, but you know, I don't know. Now today, it's like I run across—I so, mean, so many people who are like medical marijuana, mm-hmm. and they say, "I was just on this shoot randomly for this pilot thing I did."
1: Want to hear? I want to well, hear. Well, you
0: know, who knows? Who knows if it? But it was fun. Yeah. And um, and they were all like, they were all like medical marijuana people, sure. just telling me that it was totally fine to smoke every day and and not be addicted. And I don't ever want to be like Susie judging. Sure. You know, like, Oh, I'm sober. So, so, you know, and I don't know. I mean, everyone is so different.
1: Right. Look, I I think one person's wake and bake and they're totally in control of their life is probably true. But the next person's might be a complete lie that they're telling themselves Yeah, might be complete escapism. Yeah. You know, who knows? I know that, you know, there are certain things that I, would, I could keep running to every day and probably convince myself that it's totally fine. And, and for a while, weed was probably one of them. I mean, mm-hmm. there was a time where I was smoking almost every day, and I'm like, well, this is great. And, I need, and then I would go and host an attack of the show. I would never be high for attack. It would mm-hmm. always be like I'd smoke the night before. Mm-hmm. But I would go and do attack and be like, man, I, I, really, I was not funny today. I was totally off. Maybe it's because I wasn't high. Oh, shit. Whoa. That thought would creep in. You know, and that would start to go. And maybe in reality, it was that I was just ca- kind of the weed hangover from the night before, you idiot. Yeah. Maybe it's because you didn't get a good night's sleep because it's been proven that THC can, as good as it is for knocking some people out, a good indigo make you go to sleep. It, it affects your ability to hit REM sleep, yeah. which is the most recovery. Yeah. So, you know, who knows how in control I was? Who knows if I needed that to stay balanced or stay on a path? But I'm here. You know, it's been my, it's it's been the journey. And I don't. If someone says that they've got it in control and they seem to be a functioning member of society, be good on you. You know, more power to you. I just can't. I can't do anything every day. Can't.
0: Yeah. I mean, and to me, it's a lot about how obsessive is the thinking right. about it. You know, if it's something that you're thinking about the whole time you're not doing it. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it has so much more to do with that to me than how much they're doing it. Totally valid. Yeah. Enti-
1: and to- totally agree. Because that was the moment where it really got scary, where it was like the thought would enter my head. Yeah. Maybe this interview would have been a little bit better if I was on pot. Yeah. You know? Uh, maybe I should just... Maybe... Uh, well... Yeah, you're definitely... You're, you're funnier when you smoke pot. You but should then definitely smoke some pot.
0: right away, the thought would come, that's scary. Seems like. Um,
1: yeah. I mean, there was, there was a time where I did accelerate my usage. I think I hosted Attack of the Show... It's funny. I never did it fully high. Mm-hmm. I would like... I did. There was like a week where I was like, "Let's experiment." Mm-hmm. And it was like eight AM. I'd smoke. I'd go to the gym mm-hmm. to try to work out and get it out of my system and or whatever. Oh, the gym. Okay. Oh, it's so good. Oh. oh, it was so good for me for weight. Oh, weight training. It was amazing. Okay. You could feel every muscle fiber tear as you do a thing. Or if you're like the runner's high, the literal runner's high. I could. If it was working, I could run for miles.
0: But after smoking, I can understand edibles and then doing that. Yeah. I'm sorry, just the. Yeah,
1: well, you're not yes. on the treadmill with a no, with I a don't. with a water pipe, you know, gagging and coughing. You smoke, you know, or in your car, you have a couple sips of water. You get in, you stretch it out, and then you settle into your workout. This is what I did, and yeah, it was, and it worked so well for me like it motivated me at the gym it gave me clarity it allowed me to detach my brain from the whatever my physical body was going through mm-hmm. in that way and i could mm-hmm. think about things or whatever and just keep going you know mm-hmm. oh i'm tired shut up keep going you mm-hmm. know by the end of that week or two or three weeks where i was trying it out and dabbling here or there i had my knees were aching because mm-hmm. i was running marathons in the yeah. morning because yeah. the weed was telling me i could keep going right. and i had again That first show that I hosted, oh my God, it was the funniest show I'd had in weeks. In my brain, Mm -hmm. I was on fire. Mm -hmm. Week three, there was a show that was pretty fucking terrible which happens anytime you're doing a live show every day just wasn't off show and all I could think about was man this happened because you were high right if you you fuck and thank thank God that was the thought that came over me because it was like look I gotta take a step back because there was a moment where I'm like well maybe I should smoke right before the show because maybe it's wearing off too much before I get out there Mm -hmm. that struggle of the brain is incredible
0: incredible I know but your brain I I, your brain does it well, I think, because you've had you know you have concerns about it, you've sure. had concerns, and then you're able to rein it in,
1: yeah, I mean you know? so far where I'm you know I'm, it's really i I look i i'm I'm again, we're all on a path, I don't yeah. know where this path ends i'm thirty two now mm-hmm. I feel like I've got a pretty good grasp on that i don't even like to i don't i rarely drink i not i'll have a drink maybe mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. i get pissed about the empty calories i'm that guy wow so it's like that ship has sailed but you i, I gotta get back you, you said something that was so impactful and important about like right. brain is growing until the age of 25 yeah and that is a fact that is so often overlooked I like know. i am so happy and so Grateful to myself, actually. Yeah. I, give, I give myself credit for not you know, being the 16-year-old at the party, at the courts where everybody else is throwing back beers and doing whatever. I was like, no, I like my games and I like my whatever. And thank God or whatever, a la Flying Spaghetti Monster, whoever you want to thank. Thank Matthew McConaughey, <laughs> Interstellar. He's tugging on a string and he stopped me from drinking. Thank God. Because that's what I tell people now. Like I've got like 19 and 20-year-old guys interning for me or paing for me right. now. Right. And I tell them, I was like, look, you're in L.A., you're going to have a lot of fun. The longer you can hold off from trying things, from experimenting with things. If you know you're going to experiment, in the back of your head, there's a piece of you that says, I'm going to smoke some pot or I'm going to get blackout drunk. Or, I'm not going to judge you for it because I, had, I surely had my run. I had mm-hmm. my day. Mm-hmm. Just wait as long as you can. Give your fucking brain the, the most amount of time it can to form its synapses, to solidly figure out what it is before you start hitting it with a sledgehammer and chiseling away. This is so important.
0: I love that you do that with them. Oh, yeah.
1: Absolutely. It's like
0: paternal. I don't do right. that with my. I do it parents, while but.
1: blowing my vape smoke in their face. I'm like, listen, you little asshole. <laughs> For
0: you, my brain is fully formed. I'm yeah, cartoon. I could
1: do. I earn the right to destroy my life. Who are you?
0: <laughs> so, okay, but so I want to. I want to just touch on the ayahuasca thing that we talked yeah. about on your. So have you? You've done that more than once. Uh,
1: I no. I I booked the trip to Peru. Went out to Iquitos Went to a sanctuary, and then over the course of a week, did four sessions of ayahuasca. Mm-hmm. And then the following week, did three sessions. Of huachuma or the San Pedro cactus. Okay. Um, which people liken it to a mescaline uh, type experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never done mescaline. Right. Maybe that is mescal. Maybe someone's like, that's the same compound. I don't know. No it's San Pedro cactus. Mm-hmm. And this was markedly different than any other night or any other experience in my life where I'm like, let's take a substance. Mm-hmm. Let's try a substance. It's either been recreational. Escapism, mm-hmm. which I guess you could file under recreational, mm-hmm. but for me, one's a darker mm-hmm. journey, one's a more lighter journey. This was, I had an intention. I was in a setting. I didn't know what I was looking for, but I knew I was searching. So I went out with the intention to find whatever the fuck it was I was looking for. And ayahuasca was a powerful, potent, amazing, grueling, gentle teacher. I mean, at the same time, I mean, there's no other way to describe a plant medicine because mm-hmm. I don't even like calling it a drug because mm-hmm. it, it's, it's a dist- distillation of a vine mixed with dimethyltryptamine leaves from a tree. DMT is what your brain secretes when you dream. Okay. So you get dreamlike visuals and kind of hallucinations. Sometimes, sometimes you don't at all. Mm-hmm. And then the ayahuasca is known for its cleansing or purging effects.
0: Did you purge a lot?
1: Uh, my, my, my first session, I sat on a mat for six and a half hours and got nothing and sat there and I was pissed mm. and i was like did i tell you this already no. i was like fuck this plant fuck peru fuck the shaman fuck everything this is a lie the pamphlet lied to me this is all bullshit i was so mad i went back to my room and took out my pen and my little journal in my little fucking hut And like this bullshit experience I paid way too much money for this yeah and i'm scribbling angrily and then i stopped and was like okay If I'm here to have faith in something or find faith or find a direction, what is the lesson that this plant was trying to fucking teach me as it let me sit there for six and a half hours feeling nothing but like mild nausea listening to people vomit around me in 7.1? I was fucking guy. Patience. That's what I wrote down. Nothing. Something I've never had in my entire life. Right. Never. And I was applauded for it. Oh, man. You you see something. You want it. You go and get it, don't you? You work so hard. You go get it instead of sometimes you just need to chill the fuck out. Takes, things take time. Mm-hmm. So I wrote patience, 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 like a madman all over this journal. Hashtag patience. Wrote it in <laughs> bubble letters. A little heart for the eye. Day goes by. We recoup. We eat fresh foods. Next day ceremony. Are we, did we, are we over?
0: No, we're, got, we got it over here. Oh, Do my God. Oh, we filled a card? There might- that's the. Okay. I
1: am so sorry. No,
0: that yes, I'm rambling. I, c- no, I filled no. up a whole
1: card. No, 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 it's no. like that's the digital way of telling me to shut up. This thing is like, dude, you're rambling.
0: No, I will tell you, it's so temperamental, which is why we have the second task. here.
1: Okay, so we so love it. No, it's good. He
0: fixes. You don't no, need I'm to. Really not, I'm no, I'm just
1: gonna no, no. Yeah, no, I don't need to hold this now. I'm sorry. Uh, so real. Okay, quick, please, so the continue. second session, mm-hmm. two days later, I go in with the intentions of patience. I don't ask Mother Ayahuasca for anything because you're mm-hmm. supposed to have an intention. I go up and I just say like. I I learned to be patient, so if tonight is my night to experience a thing, great. If it's not, thank you for this opportunity, whatever it is. And I really felt genuinely, authentically gracious Mm -hmm. for traveling so far and spending so much money to get nothing. Mm -hmm. Sip the cup, the exact same amount that I had the first time. I sit on my mat, and within 20 minutes, the cosmos opened up, showed me life, showed me the afterlife showed me, like, it was stunning, and it was a visual download of information that I'm still processing and integrating. and then it kicked me in the stomach and the teeth about as hard as something could, and I vomited the weight of the world Ew. into a purge bucket. No, it was fucking beautiful. Mm-hmm. scary, because yeah. ten minutes in, I'm trembling, my skin is translucent, and with every time I purge in the bucket, I can see what I'm purging out. And it's like, oh, guilt... Over a relationship issue. Ugh, get that out. Oh, this flashback of a memory of, like, father abusiveness. Ugh, into the bucket. Oh, a business decision where uh, maybe I wasn't quite as genuine or honest as I should have been. Ah! And it's ten minutes, and I'm trembling. I mean, some people are going through hours of this, but for me it was so violent that I couldn't breathe. I had snot, bile, everything running down my nose. And I remember clutching the purge bucket. I'm seeing, like, imagery and faces in there. And again, at one point I looked up and I saw me looking back at me. <laughs> a weird virgin. It was fucking bizarre. Yeah. Bizarre. But very clearly a voice, not my own, uh, a feminine voice came to me and said, you can either forgive yourself and forgive everyone else and forgive your entire fucking past and just resolve to live differently tomorrow for the rest of your life. Or you can keep going through this and you can keep vomiting up this shame, this guilt, these insecurities this depression, this whatever it was, it was all swirling around, all the gunk in my system. And I was like, I forgive, I surrender. I remember saying out loud that I surrender. Mm-hmm. And, oh, all the butterflies went away. Immediately felt good. Laid down on the mat and had probably like four hours of just like delightful, wonderful thoughts about people in my life and
0: wow.
1: emails that I wanted to write to people to tell them I love them. I mean, it was so impactful. It was amazing.
0: And it stayed with you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. At the time it felt like Someone grabbing me by the shoulders and violently shaking me and going, this is your new life, and everything was like overwhelming. But since coming back and being able to integrate and having distance, I described it like I was nudged. Mm-hmm. But if you nudge a planet or an asteroid, you know, give it a little nudge, yeah. it's going to change its orbit. Yeah. So, I mean, I might be heading towards another galaxy or slamming into the sun very soon, but I feel so much better for having done it, and I... You know, I I think it's dangerous to go like, hey, try a a medicine from a plant that some people call a drug to see if it improves your life. I get that. It's dangerous. But, you know, I have met many people that have kicked um, heroin addiction. Yeah. That have kicked post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm -hmm. That have kicked a lot of stuff by going through uh, Iboga, Ibogaine experiences or going through ayahuasca experiences. And so I'm always like, I'm never the one to say, you need to, you go try it, go do it. But that's why I don't call it a drug now. Because yeah. I, I feel like when you call it a drug, you, you, you put it in this bucket with all these other substances that can have really negative effects. And I go, look, for, for me and for a handful of folks that I've had the privilege of meeting and discussing with openly, it's a it's a plant medicine. It healed. Definitely did some healing.
0: It's okay, and I don't wanna be a bummer. We recently ran a story on the site of a guy who did die but
1: doing ayahuasca in yeah, but he Peru was,
0: yeah, but I don't know if he was in Peru oh he might have been in because
1: um, there's people have died doing it yeah uh, but, I, but I think the important distinction is you make they don't die from the ayahuasca no. they die from wandering off into a jungle or okay. not being in a controlled environment and like a, a setting with hydration
0: well, and this guy was on... If They found out he had been doing other drugs. Which is not recommended. That's not, and that's
1: not part of the... Uh, if you're serious about getting something out of an experience like ayahuasca, yeah. then you should be serious about your intention going into it, which means you're not allowed to have sugar. Wow. You're not supposed to have salt. I you're not supposed to. to eat meats. I, it was part of the journey. I had to give it all up for three or four days going in, and then the week while I was there, it sucked. Yeah. But if you can't do that... Yeah. Why, why do you expect anything else? Why do you think you deserve
0: yeah yeah but I do think people drug addicts will go yeah and a drug addict you know in some way can't control that totally you know totally okay we so have to wrap up and it's been so Fun. are you having fun did you have fun i had a
1: blast i feel i feel i Dude. do feel guilty because i rambled so much we filled a compact flash card can
0: you purge that guilt then, but not throw up in my office uh
1: can i can i use that person <laughs> can i can i flip this space chair that i'm in and just fill it up
0: you gotta be nicer to that chair i love this chair feelings. okay so what we're wrapping up and that was so good thank you wasn't he a doll don't you love kevin Pereira? go follow him on the twitter find him on facebook he's real popular go check out super creative tv go download his podcast pointless if you don't already listen and keep checking out this podcast and tell your friends and go give it a five-star reviews and keep reading after party chat and i will talk to you guys very soon